Jane Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General also makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest regional health system, including two teaching hospitals and the region's only level two trauma center with more than 5,500 employees, Oxner Lafayette General strives to put patients first and make caring their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General provides services throughout Acadiana and facilitates telemedicine throughout the state, making healthcare more accessible for everyone. For more information, visit oxnerlg.org. Support for this podcast comes from Home Bank, helping the fixer-upper homeowner achieve their renovation dreams with Home Bank's one-time close construction loan. Learn more at Home 24 Bank. Dot com. Home Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Our guest is Lafayette native Lo Graham, who stars in Unhuman, a Blumhouse Productions horror movie set to premiere digitally June 3rd, 2022. Unhuman follows a group of high school students whose school bus crashes on a field trip. And we're going to hear more about the plot as much as we can from Lowe in a few minutes. And Lowe has made her mark on television with roles in CBS's NCIS New Orleans, Fox's Scream Queens, a recurring role on Fox's primetime series Filthy Rich, and in films with Columbia Pictures, This is the End. She has worked with big names such as Kim Cattrall, Juliette Lewis, and Seth Rogen. Lowe has been able to balance her work between LA and Louisiana and has taken advantage of Louisiana's exploding movie business, luring productions from Hollywood with its generous film industry tax credits. Lowe, I want to thank you. I'm going to put my notes away now. I want to thank you for joining us. I've been watching your career and I'm just thrilled to, you know, have you here to announce your latest film and talk about your journey in the the business. So th- thanks for being here yeah, today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So we were just talking before we started taping. You're you're 29 years old. You're super young. And you've got quite a resume of acting. Can you go back and tell us about your early time, like when you realized you wanted to act? And I know you went to LSU. Maybe just give us a little bio. Yeah. So I was born in Lafayette um, and I went to high school at Ascension Episcopal. And um, I think it was about the time of around Katrina, um, Hurricane Katrina, I had gotten a modeling agent before that. So I um, was with um, Images and Lafayette, Simone Foreman, and she really put me in contact with an agent in New Orleans Mm -hmm. and was telling me about the opportunities that were in New Orleans. And so we actually sent in, it was not digital then, it was an actual package of your headshots and resume and everything. Mm -hmm. We sent that in to the agency in New Orleans and it got lost in Katrina. Everyone evacuated the city. So absolutely nothing happened with that for a while. And I was, you know, doing local theater, doing some commercials and modeling and really just 
finding this passion for performing that I had at mm -hmm. a very young age. I was always putting on shows for my family in the living room. I'm an only child. So I read that, that you would take, you would be like the weather channel. Oh yes. You know, girl, literally girl, huh? Yeah. And, so yeah. I would do like little weather channel hosting <laughs> videos and interviews and, um, and you know, just be singing and dancing and doing anything I could, you know, to perform and mm -hmm. act and express myself. And so after Katrina, I guess, like, um, once everybody got back in the city, I ended up hearing from that agent. And so they got me on their roster and I started getting auditions and I got my first role in a film called Cirque de Freak, The Vampire's Assistant. So that movie was with Josh Hutcherson with, I believe, Universal. And I was a student in all the hallway and classroom scenes. Mm -hmm. And I was there for a week and I fell in love with it. I was 14 years old. 14. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. Like I love the long hours sitting around and waiting, but just getting to learn as much as I can and see the camera. I have a question. I don't know how many lines you had, but that first role you had, when the camera was on you, you didn't freak out like you were able just to be in the, the moment? There's something about it that just makes me come alive, you know? Uh -huh. So the audition process and a lot of that can be nerve wracking before mm -hmm. you have the job. But once you have the job and you're on set and you get to just use your imagination and be that character and be in the scenario that mm -hmm. you're in, it almost takes you out of this performance mode and into just play mode, which yeah. is so much fun. You loved it. Yeah. yeah. So I just fell in love with it. And so I just kept auditioning from there. Um, I did um, a bunch of sci-fi films in Lafayette, actually, after that. And that was where my first speaking role came from. And those were with Active Entertainment, uh, Ken Badish, and he really gave me my start with those roles. And it was really great to be filming in Lafayette and um, to really get started. Were they here in Lafayette? Active? They were. Are, are they, they're not here now. Um, they they do come back and do um, Lifetime Christmas films. So they started yes, doing okay. a lot of sci-fi and then mm -hmm. they started doing a lot of Christmas films, which I haven't gotten in any of those yet, but I'm dying to. Well, because we've got a friend <laughs> that writes some of those. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I would love to. I yeah. Would love to. And they're always, you know, tear jerkers. But yeah. So you're talking a lot about like, you know, the screaming, the um, horror things. Is that something like, is that a, a young woman role? Is that something that's kind of, um, do you get in a niche or is it something that just happens? You know, I think that there's two big reasons why my credits lean that way. I think one, people love to film horror sci-fi in Louisiana because of the landscape here. It's so gorgeous. in New Orleans yeah. and, you know, New Orleans and all these surrounding areas, we have so many you know, mm -hmm. spooky areas and historical. And, yeah. yeah. So I think that there is a lot of that here mm -hmm. and I've had so many amazing opportunities in the state. And then I also think that it has to do with my innocent look because mm -hmm. I am blonde hair, blue eyed. I have a young look. And I think that part of that you would think, oh, we'll put her in a Christmas movie, which I still want to do. But yeah, a will. lot of it, you know, is I can look scared. I can look like a victim. I can look, you know, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. vulnerable. Well, you're so, tiny, and you know, like exactly. you, you, don't, you don't look 
I mean, you really could still pass, I think, for a teenager, like yeah. 14 or 15. The majority of the roles I play are all teenagers. They so, are. yeah. So I played 15 on Filthy Rich as the young Kim Cattrall on Fox. Mm-hmm. And then I just played 17 in Unhuman. Right. So, yeah, right. I'm, I'm playing teenagers for a long time. Well, before we jump into all that, because I do want you to talk about some of the media roles that you've had. So you went to LSU, though. Let's back up. So yeah. you got these roles when you were very young, but you still went to college mm-hmm. and you graduated, right? Yeah. In communication. What, what did you graduate in? Broadcast journalism. Yeah. It was mass communication. It's a the great program. School. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was very important to me to you further my to education. And so yeah. I knew that acting is not something you have to have a degree in to be successful. It's more mm-hmm. experienced and credit space. And I knew that I wanted a marketable degree that would just, you know, be an asset for me with mm-hmm. my career in general. So yeah, I graduated from the Manship School of Mass Communication at LSU in broadcast journalism. And it was such an awesome experience. And I feel mm-hmm. like those skills have benefited me so much, even just having conversations like this and being on camera with interviews Very and different much. things, yeah. you know, and even just, um, just having a marketing and PR in mind, it's definitely helps me with the business side of acting, which mm-hmm. is important in addition to the art form as well. As you build your acting career, you can still guest host on the Weather Channel. Exactly. I mean, you could do both, you know. And so when I went to LSU, I did Tiger TV, which is the student media. Fun? It was so much fun. And I did the weather one semester. So every single day I went and did the weather. Somebody gave you the script, though? I mean, I how did it. you know what the weather was? Did I went to theweatherchannel.com. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. And I looked up the weather, mm-hmm. and I put a little green screen thing together with the forecast and oh. pointed, you know, behind me. And it was a lot of fun. So you've got several career options here, you know. Yes, but I have to say that, you know, when I did the weather, um, I also had done like fashion and entertainment and that's where my heart and passion really is. Mm -hmm. But when I did the weather, somehow it always tied into fashion. I was giving like, you know, the LSU game day fashion and, you know, and oh, well, this is the weather. So here's what you need to wear, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think I always, you know, just have fun with it and make it my own too when I do things like that. That's so cool. Gosh. So you got out of college and then talk about that early post-college time. Like what was going on with your career then? Yeah. So I was in Los Angeles. Um, and so, um, after I graduated, I knew that I really wanted to get that bigger city experience. And Mm -hmm. I've had so many great experiences in TV and film in Louisiana, and I wanted to broaden that and be bi-coastal. And so um, I spent some time there just training, learning Mm -hmm. everything I can, getting on as many sets as I could. And it was such a big learning experience to get to put, you know, what I learned in school and just my experience Mm -hmm. overall into practice in a bigger market. Right. I always wondered, I guess in acting, you just have to do it. Like, I guess people can teach, I don't know what people take to major in acting, but to learn how to be on a set and how to take cues. Yeah. um, I mean, that just seems really difficult to me. Training is very important. And so when I went to college, I actually would have done um, acting for film if that was 
um, offered, but at the time it actually wasn't at LSU. So that's why I did broadcast journalism because I did minor in theater, but I didn't want that to be my major because I really wanted something to do with the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really pursued my acting training elsewhere. So I've had so many incredible coaches along the way. And Mm -hmm. so through classes with other actors and coaches and then private coaching, I'm to this day still spending my time learning and growing and honing my craft. It's really a never ending process. If I may ask you, what types of things do acting coaches tell you? Like I've read about, you know, Marilyn Monroe and other well known, very well known actresses taking acting lessons, but what what type of things do they hone in, you know, that might that we might be interested in as people that don't know the industry? I think that every coach Um, and teacher in class has a different perspective. And I think what I've learned to do is take Mm -hmm. a little bit from everyone Mm -hmm. and from my experiences and kind of form the way that I do things. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think the biggest thing is going back to the basics of it's using your imagination. Mm -hmm. It's all about playing pretend. And if you can get in tune with that childlike version of yourself, that will only benefit you because, you know, I'm very business oriented. My brain, you know, I can think of, you know, my career goals and this and that. Mm-hmm. I'm type A. But whenever I'm acting, I actually have to put that aside and just play and right. be a character and think like a character mm-hmm. and just use your imagination, especially in auditions, because when you're auditioning, these days it's all self-tapes. So it's happening oh. virtually at your house. It, you used to go in and do it in like an office. Like a cattle office. call, yeah. like almost wait in line. Right, with the casting director. But yeah. now you're actually filming it at your house. It's just the camera with you against like a plain wall. And then you have a reader off camera giving you the other lines. And then you record yourself and send it off. So when you're doing it, for instance, you know, like the horror movie, Unhuman, Mm -hmm. I had, yeah, (laughs) oh, I had to imagine Mm -hmm. the whole movie Mm -hmm. in my room, you know, so it really is when you're on set and you actually see, you know, a zombie bloody person coming after you, that's a lot easier to react to. But when you're in your room, you have to see it for yourself in your mind. Right. So it's really about using your imagination just letting go and having fun and being in this whole different world than where you actually are. So once you catch the eye of the casting director, you know, like you've sent your tape in and they go, well, gosh, I like Lo. Then do you meet with the other actors at that point before they make final decisions? Is that where you pick up? It really depends on the role in the project. Mm -hmm. So Obviously, things used to be a lot more in person, mm-hmm. and tapes were happening before the pandemic, but now it's strictly just tapes. So you sometimes will go onto a Zoom callback. So you'll Zoom with the directors and uh, the producers and the casting director. Sometimes you'll do chemistry reads, but you know it just depends on the role and mm-hmm. on the project. So now it's all virtual. So really, I mean, when you're showing up to set, sometimes that's the first time that you're really meeting everyone. And I guess in many ways, this might be better for some actors because you don't have to fly out somewhere and you can, you know, show your show your your talent. Yeah, you know, I think that you for know, the regular person that's trying to break in, maybe this is better. There's definitely a silver lining that's come out of the pandemic. I think that 
the industry is so virtual. You can live anywhere now. And mm -hmm. I think that's really beautiful that it gives so many different people opportunities. You don't have to be in LA. You can be, you know, even yeah. Austin, Atlanta, or, yeah. New Orleans. There's so many mm -hmm. cities that have so much going on. And even no matter where you live, you can still send tapes in and yeah. travel when you need to. So I think it's a beautiful thing that it definitely includes a larger amount of people that can be in this industry. Yeah. I think it's exciting. I want to get into your newest role um, in your movie and some of your experiences on, you know, some of the series you've done. Before we do that, though, in every episode, we go back and look at an interesting interview. And I'd like to pause and reflect back on an interview we did with your dad, George Graham. Yeah. And George is, I guess he's still CEO. I know he's got uh -huh. president, CEO yeah. of the Graham Group a marketing and advertising agency. But George Graham is also a well-known food blogger and author of Acadiana Table and Fresh from Louisiana Cookbooks. In this clip, he talks about Lo, his wife, Roxy, help with his endeavor, you know, from everybody around him, you and your mom and others, and the pride that he takes in sharing the Cajun and Creole culture to a much larger audience than where we live. You can hear George's interview and many others at discoverlafayette.net. And now the moment. I just launched the, the brand about six years ago uh, as a Katie and a Table uh, and t began telling the stories of the Cajun Creole mm -hmm. culinary culture. So you handle everything, the writing, the photography. It's all George behind I, this. It, it is all of me that you see on the written page, but there are other people behind the scenes mm -hmm. that help me, that help particularly you. in things like social media and in um, some of the uh, videography that we're doing now. My daughter uh, is becoming very involved uh, in some of the videos that we're doing. Mm -hmm. My wife uh, uh, is extremely involved in, in many of the things, comes up with a lot of the ideas. Uh, and I, I tell her that I couldn't have done this blog without her because uh, probably uh, half of, her, of my stories stem around her family, uh, born in Jeff Davis Parish, uh, up in the Kings Farm region, uh, the Fontenot family, mm -hmm. uh, and, and three generations uh, strong, uh, provides an endless amount of uh, of stories for me to tell. So you've really, you're self-taught, not just the photography and writing, but the, the food. Uh, this wasn't something that you knew, as you said, growing up in Bogalusa, but it looks like you're just a natural. I mean, the, the stories about living off the land and using what we have here, it just mm -hmm. captures the Acadian culture. It's, after 40 years uh, plus living here uh, in my adult life, uh, I like to refer to myself as a born-again Cajun. Uh, and I feel uh, very much a part of this culture and have a deep appreciation for uh, the heritage of the food, the history mm -hmm. uh, of, of the people, and, uh, and how it all interrelates. Um, I think there's no region of our United States that's more defined Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with Lo Graham. And I'd like to jump in. Lo is a young uh, movie actress, and she's starring in Unhuman, which is a Bloom Blumhouse excuse me, Productions horror movie, and it's going to come out June 3rd. So, again, you were talking about some of the, you know, your auditions, but this sounds like it's kind of scary. 
<laughs> yes. So it is definitely action packed yep. and horror filled, mm-hmm. um, but it's a horror comedy. So it's a oh. very fun movie. It's um, it doesn't take itself too serious. It it is just good old entertainment. It's Unhuman. so much fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us what you can because we're taping this. Before June 3rd, um, it's probably going to come out around that time. So share with us what you can without giving away, you know, the spoilers. Yeah, so um, I play JC, and the film is about, you know, a group of high schoolers who go on a field trip, and our bus crashes, and Mm -hmm. then a mysterious attacker comes after us, and we're fighting for our lives. We're, you know, trying to survive. Relationships are tested, and we're learning more about each other than we once knew. It's like the Breakfast Club meets the Walking Dead. So Mm -hmm. you see see a bit of those high school stereotypes. So I have the opportunity of playing the popular type girl. Are you not the mean girl? I am. You are? Oh God. I am. I didn't know this before yes, we started. I, am. I can see that though. Because it's a stereotype. Right. So I'm uh, dating the jock mm-hmm. and I am the mean popular girl in the group. And as you can see from the trailer is I actually break my nose in the bus crash. So that happens very early in the film. So So they had to make you look beat up. So for, you know, my character who cares a lot about appearance, very early in the film, I'm learning a lesson about Mm -hmm. not placing all of the value in that appearance. So just trying to survive. huh? Exactly. Yeah. I, I can't remember the name of the show, but I watched with my younger daughter, Kelly, there was something, a series where there was a plane crash and it was similar, but they were in the woods and nobody found them for 18 months or so. But this is such a popular genre. It is. I mean, it's fun to watch, but it's also like you've got the predictable things. Are there any chainsaws in this? No. No one has a chainsaw. (laughs) No chainsaws, but you can expect a lot Uh of action and a lot of horror, but um, it definitely, you know, is a gory film, which sometimes I have to even close my eyes from Mm -hmm. that. But I think that the comedy brings such a nice element to it that um, I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy it Mm -hmm. and get to laugh. There's so many funny one-liners in it. It's it's so much fun because it's kind of that, you know, teen movie with yeah. the twist, you right. know? Right. So you get all of the fun of a teen movie mixed with the horror that Blumhouse does best because mm-hmm. Blumhouse is an incredible production company that has put out just the best of the best in horror. So they have such a massive fan base that just mm-hmm. waits for these movies to come out. So Good. For I summer, think, it's perfect timing. Yes, it's mm-hmm. definitely a fun summer movie. Yeah. Where did you tape it? So, uh, did we film? Yeah. Where did, Where did we you film? film we it filmed too. in New Orleans. Okay. So, it was actually in July, in the heat of the summer. Mm-hmm. And in that bus scene, we had no air condition. So, it was actually blood, sweat, and tears. Like, it legitimately, right. we checked all of those boxes. Um, but it was so amazing filming in New Orleans. And mm-hmm. there's so many talented crew members in New Orleans. And a lot of the team came from L.A., you know, the producers and a lot mm-hmm. of the cast and everyone but I mean majority I would say of the crew was all local that's so good to keep that talent you know absolutely yeah and employed so tell me about the um special effects like you were saying you you know in the film you're 
your nose was bloodied. How long does it take for them to make you up? And, you know, that's got to be a real art, the yeah. people that do that, to make so it realistic. We had some really talented hair and makeup artists who got me ready every single day. And um, for my nose, I think it <laughs> took probably probably 45 minutes minimum to do the nose. Um, plus the other plus, yeah, stuff. Plus yeah. everything else. Um, but I would say probably the whole thing took a couple hours probably. Before but you'd start before, filming. As far as getting ready to go, yeah. So they actually taped two, not tape, glued, I guess, two prosthetic lumps on mm -hmm. my nose to look mm -hmm. like a broken Swollen, nose. And yeah. then they painted on blood and they painted on... Uh, bruises under my eyes. So was that we, every day? Like you had to do it that? was, it was every day. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think it was like 22 days in a row or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely interesting. You know, I definitely felt like out of my element in a way because you would almost think, Oh, you're filming a movie. It's glamorous mm -hmm. and you know, all this stuff. And yes, I am sitting in the hair and makeup trailer and that is fun mm -hmm. and glamorous and cool but they're just throwing blood and dirt on me, you know? Right. So I think it's like, you know, I think a lot of people have that misconception about acting mm -hmm. because when you watch it on TV, you're just seeing the final product. You're not thinking about the fact that it was a hundred degrees and they're, you know, putting mm -hmm. fake dirt all over you and just like throwing blood on you and yeah. all that stuff. So it's definitely a wild experience, you know? And I'm sure a lot gets cut. You know, people, y'all film things and then not everything makes it into the movie. So there's all those hours and hours of acting and waiting and acting and waiting. Oh, yeah. What is a typical day like? What was your typical day filming Unhuman? So I think we worked like maybe between 12 and 14 hours. So when would you get day? up in the morning? Oh, gosh, so early. I mean, some mornings I was waking up at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it was a little later. It depends on if it was a, a night shoot or an early morning day shoot. Um, so there was sometimes I didn't go in till later and we were filming in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So once you start doing that, your schedule definitely gets really off because your body's like cannot keep up with what right. you're doing. Um, but yeah, so it's crazy hours. You have to really take care of yourself. I mean, when I would get home, I would literally go to sleep at like 6 p.m. on the days that we were shooting in the morning, I would crash, could barely keep mm -hmm. my eyes open. Just drink a lot of water and try to eat clean. Yeah. So you look, you know, at least you can keep yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah, taking care good. of yourself while you're filming is actually, you know, a bigger thing than you would think because mm -hmm. you have to make sure, especially when you're on location, that you have food in your hotel, you have your water, you have everything where when you get off, if it's 1am, you know, mm -hmm. nothing's open. So right. you have to make sure that you're taking care of your health and mm -hmm. being as well rested as you can. And luckily I'm from here. And so the heat, you know, I am somewhat used yeah. to, I don't know if you can ever fully get used to it in the heat of summer, but mm -hmm. a lot of the cast that was not from here, it, they definitely had to drink some extra Gatorade and water to try to right. stay hydrated because we were actually running running and screaming. I mean, mm -hmm. we shot scenes in the woods where we were just running. Outside you know? of New Orleans? It was in New Orleans, yeah. And it was uh, like kind of, it was at this park near kind of a swamp looking thing. Oh. And there was actually an alligator. It was near City Park. Okay. Um, there was actually like an alligator in the water. And that's when so we beautiful at night though. 
It's yeah. creepy. They're probably creepy too. Definitely. You know? <laughs> well, so what was really creepy is the location that we filmed majority, majority of the movie at. Mm-hmm. So it was an old dilapidated government apartment building in New Orleans <laughs> that they, the city of New Orleans actually had graffiti artists come and graffiti the whole thing. Because it didn't matter. Huh? Right. <laughs> so it actually was abandoned. And mm-hmm. so we were just setting up shop there and we were there all day and there actually were cobwebs and spiders and Uh you know like people's belongings that were left behind and like creepy things so a lot of people ask me is it scary filming a horror movie and it isn't when it comes to the other you know actors like the villains they're Mm -hmm. your friends you're eating lunch with them you know the guys that are you know the zombies and everything like that you're you know they're they're just your friend you know their name and you Mm -hmm. know that they're acting but the location was actually terrifying yeah (laughs) even though you know the area so right so um, let's talk a little bit, if we can, and before I do this, though, how can people find it? I know you said it's going to come out on Epics later, but yeah. how can we find it on June 3rd? So it is a digital release. So anywhere okay. that you would get, um, anywhere that you would rent or buy a movie okay. on demand, online, mm-hmm. on streaming, you can get it. And so it's releasing and distributing through Paramount Movies. Okay. And it's an Epics film. So it will be streaming on the Epics channel later on, I believe. But then for now, you mm-hmm. can get it on like Apple or okay, Amazon good. Prime. I can just YouTube. search it and say yeah, I want to buy it'll it. It'll come up all the different places that you okay. could buy okay. it from there. I'm still learning. I mean, I know <laughs> I know how to search for stuff, but... I, you know, we pay for so many different services, but you're saying no matter what we get, we can just say, I'm looking for this. And yeah. Anywhere, can, anything that offers can, movies where you can purchase it, it mm-hmm. should be there. Yeah. What a day, huh? Mm-hmm. Can you talk some about, you know, I, I said in the intro about luring Hollywood um, to Louisiana with our film industry tax credits. What, I don't know if you know all the details, but where are we in all this? Like, are we still getting our fair share of movies being filmed here? Absolutely. I think that um, Louisiana and probably New Orleans is still leading us is booming more than ever. Mm -hmm. There are so many film and television shows going on right now in Baton Rouge and also in Lafayette. So they just shot a Morgan Freeman film. I saw him on the street. I know. Yeah. I mean, isn't that exciting? They were all over Lafayette filming that. And um, Griff first is producing. He films a lot in Lafayette. I've worked Mm -hmm. with him a lot before. And I think that that project, project is really great for Lafayette because... It was a huge budget film, so I think it's going to continue to bring in bigger budget movies in Lafayette, which Mm -hmm. is so great for our city and all the opportunities that it provides. How do we attract those, besides the tax credits, because I know that goes into it, it has to be financially viable. How does a town like Lafayette attract these um, producers? I think it's absolutely the culture. I think it's the landscape and the culture. Uh We have amazing crews, amazing creatives here, and people like coming here. They enjoy the food. Even with our heat? Yes, They just have to learn how to stay hydrated and survive Mm -hmm. that. But, um, I mean, I think the music and the food and the family atmosphere is Mm -hmm. something that attracts a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I think between New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Lafayette, I think, you know, and even Shreveport, we all have different things to offer. So when a movie's coming to Mm -hmm. Louisiana, you know, they can really identify, okay, what kind of locations are they looking for? You know, Mm -hmm. and especially in Lafayette, you know, they 
with um, some of the Lifetime Christmas films and yeah. those kind of things, it provides that small, charming town look. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very marketable for movies to film here. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it can be the set of a horror film or anything yeah. else. So well, you know, my daughter Taylor is very close with Cassie Doyle, and you may yeah. have met Cassie. It's Lifetime, right? That she's yes. done. They filmed yes. one of her movies here, but she's done. I mean, they all have a formula too. I mean, I always cried all these movies, but those Hallmark and Lifetime movies, you just get sucked into the love story. But I know they've taped several here, and it's yeah. been fun to watch. So yeah, they're so much fun. Yeah. And my mom, you want to be in one of those? My mom and grandma. Love Can y'all all them. be in it together? And that it would seems be like great. that's you ought to write one. Good Cassie to write one with you, but they have yeah. to cast. Well, that's the Graham actually family. something that um, I would like to do. I would like to produce and write a Christmas film, and mm-hmm. I would love to do that in Louisiana. So I definitely Good. would like to um, get my hands into other aspects of the industry. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important to create your own opportunities. And as an actor, a lot of the times you're at the beck and call of yeah. somebody else's decision, but you know, I'm someone that's a go-getter and very ambitious and I love the film industry as a whole. So I would love to produce my own content and write my own mm-hmm. content as well. Right. Let's transition if we may, unless there's anything else you want to say about unhuman. So we're going to look for that June third. Yes, at the bottom of our TV, at our TV where we're streaming. Yes, wherever <laughs> you can myself, find it, yeah. just just say it into the voice Unhuman. activated thing, and it, it will pull it up. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of curious what um, Kim Cattrall is like from Filthy Rich. Like I, I'm fascinated with her. What is she like? She's incredible. Mm-hmm. That was such a dream. She's role. pretty cool. She is. So um, the show was Filthy Rich. She was the star of the show. She played Margaret Monroe, and I played the young Margaret, the young teenage version of her. And um, she was also the producer of the show. So she was really making a lot of the decisions on um, making this show come to life, along with Tate Taylor, who was the writer and director. Uh Um, And she was so nice meeting her. You know, I got to to talk to her about um, our character and what, you know, she was bringing to it and what I could bring to it as the younger version. Mm -hmm. And it was just a delight and just a masterclass to watch her and just learn from her. Yeah. I mentioned to you, I met her, she would not know me from Adam, but I met her when I was, I think 22, just getting out of college. I was extra on a movie set in Houston and she wasn't known then. I mean, she's had a very long career because we're probably about the same age. She's probably middle 60s, but she's really had a very successful career. And we think of her as Sex in the City, first of all, but this Filthy Rich is really a... Um, it's a wonderful show. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people enjoyed it and it filmed oh, yeah. in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was cool because they really put New Orleans on display. They really showed Louisiana and, mm-hmm. you know, we filmed in beautiful homes and um, beautiful landscapes. And it was it was really neat the way that New Orleans was almost like a whole character in the show because they brought the music and everything mm-hmm. that the culture had to offer into the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've been in other things too. I'm reading about Columbia Pictures. This is the end. If you want to talk about being in more of a big mainstream. Movie. Yeah. So um, that was so incredible. Um, 
I played a young girl in the convenience store um, <laughs> where uh, Seth Rogen is in there getting some snacks for his big LA party. It was set in LA. And I am um, with my you know, dad in the scene. Um, and we're asking to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I, I really have to go to the bathroom. And then the um, shop employee is like, customers only read the sign, she's rude to us. And then an earthquake happens and the this whole the store end. starts shaking. The blue lights come down from the sky and I am raptured up to heaven. And so is my dad in the scene and the other people in the scene. And then the uh, shop employee did not make it in the scene. Ah. Um, but she also was an incredible actress who passed away last year named Carol Sutton. And she was um, a legend in the Southeast film industry. And it was a pleasure to work with her uh-huh. and also with um, Seth Rogen, who was directing and acting mm-hmm. in it. So he was the one giving me all of the directions and everything. And then he would go do that. And then he would go to the side and then be hilarious and mm-hmm. incredible Relaxed. and be on camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we filmed that in New Orleans, uh, but it took place in L.A. It was supposed to be on Melrose Avenue, they made a set from scratch. They actually built Mm -hmm. in a parking lot an entire shopping center and street that looked like Melrose. Um, And we filmed all night, it was night shoots, and I was in a harness actually doing the stunt work. So I actually shot up about 15 or so feet up in the air, and yeah, it was cool. So what was heaven like? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't know yet. Maybe I'll being on know. the movie set, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think you get a little taste of heaven every time you get to do what you love. You know, what I see from looking at your face and, and hearing, um, this is hard work, but it's it's really fun, huh? When you're in your moment, it's it fun. It is. I mean, I think... You know, people don't always know how much goes into it. You know? I, I don't think they do. Um, I mean, I really this, don't. I mean, this has been a long journey for me. Yeah. And I have been working so hard for so long, training in classes and um, constantly trying to grow, never stopping, always auditioning. I mean, there's so many auditions I do that, you know, you never get the part and you get told no a lot more than yes. But to me, I never take that as rejection. Mm-hmm. You have to have thick skin in this industry and you have to know that you can be the most talented one, but who they're gonna choose is not always about that. It's just right. who is best for the role and that could be your look, your age, mm-hmm. your height, anything. Mm-hmm. So I am very grateful to have found this way to be content and happy with where I am and what I do, but always working for more. And so mm-hmm. when I, I did an audition today, right before this. You did? Yes. And, um, you taped yourself in your room. I did. I did. <laughs> and I had my coach on zoom. That's how it usually goes. And she's my reader off camera and we do it together. Um, and I come alive. I love mm-hmm. it. And I don't know if I'll ever hear anything back from that because you do them all the time and you never know. You only mm-hmm. get a call if you get it. How so, do you transmit it? Like, how, what do you use? Google Drive or Dropbox? So like, how do they get it? today was Dropbox, but uh-huh. normally it is Actors Access. So they that's a, a platform mm-hmm. that they use for actors to submit auditions and uh-huh. submit to roles, and your agent uses uh-huh. that. So there's a, a lot of different platforms, but I would say that one's very popular. Yeah. But I think that, you know, if there are any aspiring actors listening, that to be able to 
view every opportunity as a chance to act. And if you mm -hmm. truly love acting, then even getting to act in your room is fulfilling. Yeah. And at the end of the day, life is about the journey. It's not just about scratching things off the list, you know? Mm -hmm. So to be able to find that passion in your work is incredible. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful message. And you're right. And you know, the more you do, probably your name is going to, it sticks. The more films, you know, tryouts you submit, um, they'll, they'll see what you're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. As we wind down, I'd like to have you talk about the support of your family. I know just as being friends of your parents, you know, um, they're really supportive of you. I, I just can't imagine how much that means to have a, a family that's solid and also lifts you up. It means everything to me. And I don't think that everybody, you know, has that. And I try to remind myself how special and unique it is to have that support. And that's 100% why I am where I am today. And, you know, having my mom drive me to auditions mm -hmm. and my parents constantly encouraging me, watching everything I do, whether it's good or bad, every audition, everything, you know, they're right. always um, just supporting me and believing in me and knowing that, you know, I, they've instilled that I, I can, you know, mm -hmm. achieve my goals and there's no goal too big. And I think that, you know, if people don't have that, you know, I hope that if they're listening, this can be their sign that, you know, there is no goal too big, that you mm -hmm. really should go after what you want to do. You have one life to live and you have to believe you're in yourself or no one else will, you know, and I'm very grateful Boy, true? <laughs> for my parents and also, um, my husband, I got married. Yeah. Tell us about yeah, that. I, I got married, that. um, in last, 2020. Last and so two summers ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, wow. um, having that support is incredible. And even when I was filming this movie, uh, we filmed it last summer, you know, just having his support and him coming back and forth to new Orleans and, um, seeing me and supporting me. I'm so grateful for, mm -hmm. and uh, he actually does music and video, so we have a lot in common there, and he does songwriting and production and all of that. So I think just even having someone to share that creativity with, along with my parents, both of my parents are highly mm -hmm. creative, mm -hmm. and so all together we just are this very creative bunch where all of our skills kind of you know, play off of each other. So it's really great to have that support system and those resources to be able to make things happen within our family unit, which mm -hmm. is very unique. And it's definitely gotten me to where I am today. Right. Well, Graham, I, I wish you all the success. I want to see you soar like an eagle. Thank I mean, you. you're just beginning, even though it doesn't seem like you're just beginning, I'm sure <laughs> to you, but you really are on your life journey. So best wishes. Again, we've been with... Lafayette native, uh, Lo Graham, who is starring in Unhuman, a Blumhouse production horror movie that's coming out June 3rd. So on June 3rd, you can just, you know, Google it, look at the bottom of your streaming services and you can purchase that and um, wish you all the best. I'm looking forward to watching the movie. We couldn't do this without two groups. First of all, I want to thank people that have been so loyal. Thank you for listening. I mean, Lo's interview and over 260 others are on our website, discoverlafayette.net. Please check it out. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe to Discover Lafayette wherever you get your podcast. I also want to thank our sponsors that make our show possible. Auctioner, Lafayette General, 
Home Bank, and of course, Raider and Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape. Couldn't sound like we do without Jason's help. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, I'm Jan Swift. Thank you.